and an even 95-95. So by the looks of the scores, which I, I haven't had a chance to look for the fight, um, but it looks like it was a pretty close fight with only a couple of rounds going towards the winner. And then the third judge seeing it an even 95-95. Next night, which was Saturday, May 26th, from the Teatro Molieri in Mexico City on Promociones del Pueblo. This was the main event on Televisa, which is the biggest terrestrial TV network in Mexico. Ibet La Roca Zamora, actually not La Roca anymore, but Guerrera Otomi, which she is paying homage to her tribe because she is an indigenous uh, person from the mountains of around Mexico City, scored a unanimous decision over Melissa Mighty McMorrow in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC flyweight title. The scores there were 100 to 90, 98, 92, two times. Dominating performance by Zamora, who now becomes the third Mexican woman behind Mariana Lavarri Juarez and Jasmine LaRusita Rivas to score three world titles in as many divisions. So she became the third. Did you get a chance to watch this fight, David? Uh, I watched parts of it. It was pretty interesting because uh, Melissa started out pretty pretty strong. She did, but it looked like the inactivity, which was about two years of inactivity, big, uh, cost her because in the last half of the fight, she ended up getting tired. Also, I credit that to uh, Samora's attack of the body. But at the end of the day, Samora might not be the most technical, the most finesse fighter out there. But being that she is from the mountains of central Mexico, she has an incredible work rate and basically overwhelmed Melissa McMorrow with her pressure, with her work rate, just throwing punches in bunches. And McMorrow, like I mentioned, coming off a two-year layoff and going straight to a 10-rounder in Mexico City, which is at an altitude of about, I believe, 6,000 feet, you know, she got tired, and her Ooh. reflexes to me, yeah, her reflexes to me, uh, David, weren't there, and she ended up getting hit more than than usual. Usually, she's pretty good, even though she stays in the pocket, stays inside. She's pretty good at least parrying or at least not getting punched with flush, punch, flush hits. But this time, um, Samora did score some good punches. But uh, Samora, not only in this fight, but in other previous fights, is that even though she has her feet planted – the majority of her punches are arm punches, so she doesn't have a lot of power, and her record shows it because she has a, quite a number of fights, and her knockout percentage is, is quite low. Uh, give me one second here. Um, she has 35 fights, and in those 35 fights, she's only, well, 29 wins, 6 losses. She's only scored 12 knockouts, giving her a knockout percentage of 34%. Obviously, we do know that it's a little bit harder to score a, a knockout in the two minutes, like you have pointed out various times on the show, uh, David. But um, what do you think? I mean, Melissa McMorrow, I mean, she's 37 years old, the inactivity. I mean, she hasn't made a formal announcement, but I would I would imagine that she's got to be on her way out. Uh, it's hard to say because she, she is a high-volume puncher herself. Um, maybe, you know, I agree with what you said about being – off too long. It's not through her fault. It's just that she hasn't got, uh, received very many opportunities. But she's a you know very high quality fighter, and uh, I think she just needs to be busy. And mm-hmm. uh, I think she deserves a couple couple more tests. 
to to see if she can uh, raise her stamina. Yeah, unfortunately for McMorrow, I mean, I do agree with you. She's a great fighter, very tough, always fighting in somebody else's hometown. I mean, she had to fight in her hometown or home area of the Bay Area up here in Northern California, San Francisco, in quite some time. You know, she signed – I don't think she's ever had a promoter, like a, a real promoter. I mean, she signed a contract with – I don't remember the promotional company that had signed her, Kalisha West and Patricia Juarez, and then basically never gave them any fights. Not one fight did any of those three women get signing to, uh, I forgot the name of the promotional company, but uh, I remember we had Kalisha West. What's that? Blueprint or something like that? Yeah, Blueprint or something like that. I remember we had Kalisha West here on the show, and she told us that it was basically a disaster, that the gentleman who was running that company had some kind of family issue, but didn't, you know, didn't, uh, inform anybody about anything and it just went away and Melissa was one of the first signees of that company also Patricia Juarez was one too and Kalisha West as well and none of them got fights so uh, unfortunately for Melissa she also she always all the wins that she's ever gotten has been in I would say there would be almost the majority the upset wins where she ended up winning when she wasn't supposed to. I mean, she did it in Germany. She's done it in Mexico. She fought to a draw early in her career here in San Diego twice against mm-hmm. hometown fighter Maris Quintana. I mean, and one thing about boxing, David, you know it better than I do, is that when you get a draw in the hometown of the of the fighter, you're basically you basically won that fight. They they're giving you the draw. Yeah, it's happened many times. Can't say for so, instances, but yeah, it's happened. <laughs> so with that win, Ibez Zamora, I mean, the other thing too about the win about Ibez Zamora, I mean, I, I, I mean, there's some things about Ibez Zamora that we can't get into just because, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, we could get into it. I mean, I don't really care. But um, this fight was basically orchestrated for her to win this third title, because, I mean, if you really look at the, at the, at the rankings, which were for May, the last rankings that the WBC put out, um, at the flyweight division, Melissa Momoro, even though she hasn't fought in two years, she's ranked number 11, but, uh, but above her is number one, Susie Kintikian was ranked, is ranked number one. So did she receive a call? I don't know, to fight for the vacant title. Ibeza Mora is number two. Fine. Lourdes Juarez is number three, our guest, in about uh, 10 minutes, I would say, if not less than that, five minutes. And then um, Naoko Fuyoka is number four. Um, I don't know. She's she's listed as a WBA title list, but she left that vacant, right, David? Fuyoka? Yeah, yeah, she left the title. Ava Knight is number seven. She's looking for a fight. She hasn't fought in a while, too. Karina Hernandez is number nine. Areli Monsinj is number 10, who's the WBO champion. And then Maglisa McMorrow, Jackie Calvo, Montserrat Larcon. I mean, on the list, there were fighters that had, had been more active since, since um, Melissa's last fight. And, I mean, I don't think they got called, David. So this fight was basically orchestrated for, for Ibez Zamora, who has been looking to, to go up to 112 pounds and fight at this weight class for quite a while. I mean, I remember her challenging Kika Chavez back at the 2000 and was that 16 or uh, female, female uh, convention. And uh, 
So it got orchestrated, in my opinion, David, for her to win because I'm sure that there were more able and willing uh, opponents for her in this weight class, and I don't think they got calls. Yeah, that's probably true. Now, going into the other female fight on that same card from Mexico City, our guest, Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu scored a split decision, although I did not find the actual scorecards over Jackie Calvo. This was a rematch of a fight that happened about four years ago, which was also a controversial result. And now Juarez ended up getting a split decision over Jackie Calvo in an eight-rounder, 112 pounds. So I'm sure we're going to dive into that fight as soon as she gives us a call and we get a chance to talk to her live on the air here on the two-minute round. Your hooks and jabs look at your female boxing uh, episode number 46. And then also in Switzerland, David, on Saturday, May 26, there was a little bit of an upset when Judy Wackenfield scored a unanimous decision over hometown favorite Prisca Vico in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC silver 140-pound title. Scores there were 190 and 98, 92, two times. And lastly, in the results, on Wednesday, this past Wednesday, actually yesterday, last night, David was in the house. I was able to watch it on the stream through Facebook from the Avalon in Hollywood, California, 360 Promotions, which is Tom Loffler's new outfit, had an eight-fight eight bout sheet, um, a club show, per se, but it featured two female fights. Uh, the first one be- was that super lightweight between Elvina White scoring the unanimous decision over Tijuana's Anet Pabello in a four-rounder. Scores there were 40 to 36 three times. And then Luisa Bang Bang Hodden, who was a former WBA, WBO I'm sorry, champion, scored a four-round TKO when Elvia Trevino did not answer the bell for the fourth round of a schedule eight at 108 pounds. David, let's talk about the first fight of Vina White against Annette Pavello. In the uh, post-fight interview, I don't know if you guys were getting the uh, audio because the production of it seemed a little shady uh, as far as what we're seeing on Facebook. Um, she mm-hmm. said she was a little bit disappointed with her performance against Annette Pavello. Maybe she was expecting to score a knockout. Uh, she definitely thought she was going to knock her out, but I, I, you know, like most European girls, they're not accustomed to to the Mexican girls uh, who are a lot tougher than they look. I mean, mm-hmm. she probably took a look at her and saw how small she was and said, "I'll knock out," because she was a big girl. Elvina White is a big, strong-looking girl. Yeah, she looks and, like she um, could even go up to to welterweight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but Annette. Uh, Pavello has uh, skills. She has skills. She knows what she's doing. She knew when to get at, in and out. She uh, she just maneuvered well, and she countered when she had to. So she, she fought her the best to her ability, and uh, Elvina couldn't really time her the way she mm-hmm. wanted to. Yeah, and Pavello, she's from Tijuana. I've seen her fight uh, numerous times as an amateur, and her only thing is she's 18 years old and she's quite overweight. I mean, quite honestly, I mean, she should be fighting at yeah. 126 pounds probably. I mean, she she could lose yeah. 15 pounds. You know, if she lost 15 yeah. pounds, she would be a player because, like you mentioned, oh, David, yeah. she has skill. She has lateral movement. She knows how to move well inside of the ring. She counterpunches well. But she's about 15 pounds, if not a little bit more overweight, especially she's very short. She might be, I mean, I don't know if she's even five feet tall. 
And this was her third fight, her third straight loss. She's fought twice in Tijuana as a pro against I, Aida uh, Satibaldinova, Satibaldinova. Yes. Yeah, who she lost to twice. And then this was her first fight in the United States, and she ended up dropping a four-round decision to Elvina White. So that was the first female fight on the card out of the eight. And the second was the return of Louisa Hanen, who made her U.S. debut back in March on the undercard of the Superfly event that happened at the Forum. And she fought a very tough, even though her record doesn't reflect it, but she fought a very tough fighter in Mexico City's Anaí La Panterita Torres, and she ended up losing an eight-round decision, David. Now she came back. She got back on the winner's circle, and she made Elvia Trevino, who was two wins, three losses, compared to Luisa's seven wins and one loss as she walked into the uh, into the ring. She made her. She she scored a stoppage, and you and I texted a little bit uh, during the fight card, and I mentioned to you that this should have been the fight that Hardy should have gotten back in March and not the one against a much tougher Pantarita Torres. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, one other thing that made a difference in uh, Houghton's fight this time was that she's been training in Southern California. So she's mm-hmm. been training with a bunch of really talented uh, Mexican girls, uh, a number of them including uh, one amateur uh, champion, I think, uh, Heaven Garcia. And, I mean, that girl can fight. She's an amateur, a teenager. And uh, you spar against girls like that, you're going to get the hang of it real quick because uh, the girls here can fight. And yep. I think and they then, prepared a Houghton very well. Mm-hmm. She also, I've seen pictures of where they got together. It looked like they sparred with uh, East LA's uh, Adelaida Ruiz, too. Right, right. Yeah, Adelaida's a, a monster. Yeah, and then, uh, but the other thing, too, about that fight back in March was that, uh, you know, she was coming off a bit of a layoff, so Panterita Torres, who is a tough, tough fighter, might have been a little bit too much to ask for, even though uh, Luisa is a former world champion. But with that said, David, we do have on the line now our guest, our special guest, uh, Lourdes Pequeña Lulu Juarez, which I'm going to be bringing on to the line right now. So I'm going to be translating for her because she does not speak English. So I'll be translating for her uh, on the show here. Let me just welcome her to the show. David, give me one second. Okay. Buenas noches, Lourdes. ¿Cómo te encuentras? Muy bien. Muy este, emocionada. Muchas gracias por, por la invitación a, a su programa. Okay. So yo voy a estar traduciéndote, okay? Okay. Okay, so uh, Lourdes says that she's very happy to be on the show with us tonight, and she thanks us for having her, and obviously we thank her for taking the time from her busy schedule out in Mexico City and being with us. So I'm going to pass the baton to you, David. Let me just explain to you that you're going to be asking her the questions, and then uh, and then go right ahead. Lourdes, te voy a pasar con eh, mi co-anfitrón, eh, David Ávila. Él te va a hacer la pregunta y yo te lo voy a traducir, okay? Go ahead, David. Yeah. Hi, Lourdes. Uh, this is David Avila. Uh, I don't know if you remember when we first met or met several, what is it, 13 years ago, 15 years ago? 15 years wow. ago. Dice, dice David Lourdes que no, se sabe, no sabe si te acuerdas de él, pero al parecer te conoció hace como 13 a 15 años uh, aquí en Los Ángeles. Uh, no, de hecho, sí, no, no, me suena su apellido, pero realmente sería una mentira si diría que lo recuerdo, 
pero sí, conocí a varias gente allá, eh, estuve viviendo un tiempo por allá, pero no, no me acuerdo de él. She says that, unfortunately, David, she does recognize your last name, but she doesn't remember. She says she met quite a people when she was living out here, but she doesn't really remember uh, you. What's the same? Yeah, in, in, in those days, uh, uh, what, what does she prefer? Uh, Lourdes, do you prefer to be called Lulu or Lourdes? ¿Qué si prefieres que te llame Lourdes o Lulu? Lulu. Lulu está Lulu. Okay. Uh, Lulu, um, when you first were living in South Armani and uh, you were trained by Ben Lita, uh, he had said that you would be a very good boxer. And um, But then you, when you went back to Mexico City, you didn't pursue boxing anymore. Uh, what happened? David pregunta que cuando estuviste aquí en Los Ángeles estabas entrenando con Ben Lira y él le mencionó a él que ibas a ser una muy buena boxeadora, pero cuando regresaste a la Ciudad de México de Los Ángeles no seguiste boxeando. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Por qué dejaste el boxeo por un tiempo? Bueno, eh, realmente sí me gustaba eso del box. Eh, ya cuando regresé aquí a la Ciudad de México, eh, me ahora sí que me junté. Este, eh, tengo a mi esposo, tuve hijos que fue eso, el, el hecho de que ya no pudiera continuar en lo del boxeo, pero aquí andamos de, de regreso. She said, David, that after she came back to Los Angeles, she ended up, you know, meeting her husband and, and getting together with him, and now they had children, so she ended up being a mother during that time, but now she she's back into boxing. Well, what brought her back into boxing? ¿Qué fue lo que te regresó al boxeo? Bueno, las ganas de, bueno, soy mamá, eh, el, el darles una mejor vida a mis hijos, el, bueno, creo que Dios me dio este don y, y creo que lo tenemos que aprovechar y pues estamos echándole ganas y eso fue una, bueno, mi hermana fue una inspiración, eh, he visto todo lo que ha hecho, el, la vi desde que, desde que empezó, vi lo que le costó y, y creo que que te vuelvo a repetir, es un don, un don que, que Dios nos dio y, y vamos a aprovecharlo y creo que por eso estamos aquí. Estamos en, en esto del box. Mm -hmm. Well, she said that it was twofold, David, that one is because she's a mother and she wants to provide for her children, you know, give them a better life. And the other thing is that she was inspired by her sister and seeing, obviously, Mariana, and seeing everything that she's gone through and how hard she's fought and the fact that she believes that, you know, her and her sister have a God-given talent, so they have to you know, appreciate it and, and make use of it. And that's why she went back to boxing uh, after having her children. And what was the most difficult thing to do when, when, when you came back to boxing, what was the most difficult part of uh, your return to boxing? ¿Qué fue lo más difícil para ti, eh, Lulu, cuando regresaste al boxeo? Pues... Creo que todo. Empecé ahora sí que de cero, ¿no? El, todo me costaba trabajo, realmente todo me costaba trabajo. El dejar a mis hijos, de repente encargarlos para poderme ir a... a porque empecé realmente en Amateur, no hice casi mucho, entonces fue profesional y teníamos que irnos a, a este aquí en Toluca a concentrarnos. Entonces el dejar a mis hijos eh, con su abuela y, y yo irme... Eh, un mes más o menos a, a este a concentrarme entonces creo que eso fue lo más difícil el dejar a mis hijos she says that the toughest part was leaving her children the fact that she didn't do a lot of amateurs and when she began as a professional boxer she ended up leaving her children with her grandmother and, and going to the mountains to 
to, you know, go to camp with her sister. And it was sometimes for as long as a month. So the fact uh, leaving her children and not being able to see her children was the toughest part for her. But, but also she mentioned that she started from zero when she came back to boxing. So she had to really start the whole training, the whole conditioning from, the, from, from zero. And what kind of job uh, did you have, Lulu, uh, before you, you came back to boxing? What were you doing? Antes de regresar al boxeo, Lulu, ¿estabas trabajando? ¿Tenías un tipo de oficio? No, yo era, bueno, eh, yo era mamá. Al 100% era ama de casa. Eh, eran mis hijos, el hacer comida, la escuela, y hasta ahí. Eh, así que mi esposo se encargaba de, de mantenerme y hasta ahí. Yo, eh, mi papel era ser mamá. Ese era lo mío, nada más. Y bueno, jugaba fútbol. Era mi pasatiempo jugar fútbol, pero eh, era todo lo que hacía. She was a homemaker. She was a homemaker. She kept uh, her house and, you know, her kids. And then she also has a hobby, play soccer. But uh, but she was basically a homemaker. She just she wasn't working uh, when she was in boxing. And what part of Mexico City was she living in at the time? ¿En qué parte de la Ciudad de México eh, vivías o vives ahorita, Lulu? Ahorita estamos aquí en la Ciudad de México. Eh, todo el tiempo, bueno, eh, hemos vivido aquí en la Ciudad de México desde que yo tengo memoria. Estamos aquí este, juntito casi al Estadio Azteca. Mm, she lives near the Estadio Azteca, the soccer stadium, the huge 130, 140,000 uh, uh, soccer stadium. Well, that's impressive. So, what When she had her first fight as a pro, um, what uh, did she have any surprises in that first pro fight? Cuando, si recuerdas tu primera pelea, eh, Lulu, como profesional, ¿te acuerdas de algo que te sorprendió en, en ese combate? Bueno, creo que ese combate nunca lo voy a olvidar. Eh, eh, vuelvo a repetir, cuando debutamos por, por profesionalmente, me preparé para una pelea como si fuera 10 rounds. Eh, tenía una condición que, o sea, era para aguantar los 10 rounds, pero creo que la, la, los nervios me me mataron ahí, ganamos ese día en mi primer pelea ganamos gracias a Dios pero eran unos, eran tantos mis nervios que yo en el primer round llegué y me sentaba y yo sentía que se me iba el aire, o sea era así como que ¡Ah! ya no puedo respirar ya no puedo respirar, eran tantos mis nervios que eso eso creo que nunca se me va a olvidar She says that her first fight she'll never forget it because you know, even though she prepared herself for a 10 round fight, even though it was a four rounder but she prepared herself very well as if she was going to go 10 rounds, but her, the nerves and the adrenaline made her, you know, lose her condition, and she was super tired during the fight, and every time she would come back into the corner and take a deep breath, it looked, it, she felt like she wasn't going to be able to dream, uh, breathe. So that's the one thing that she will never forget about that fight. And uh, that fight was in Toluca or was it in Mexico City? It was in Toluca. Oh, okay. And so... Very early in in her career, back in uh, 2013, well, actually a year after that, she fought Jackie Calvo. Uh, what was that like, uh, that first encounter with her? Because I know you fought twice, but what was the first one like? ¿Qué recuerdas de la, tu primera pelea con Jackie Calvo en el 2014, Lourdes? Ah, que recuerdo. Bueno, fue una pelea, eh, una de las, puedo decirlo que sí, más fuertes, porque Jackie siempre ha sido una, una muchacha técnica, entonces realmente creo que fue una de las más fuertecitas. Ese día yo recuerdo, eh, en el creo que fue en el tercer round, me tocó, 
eh, me tocó, no me, ahora sí que no me tumbó, no me noqueó, pero sí hubo un golpe que fueron tres segundos que se me fue la vista y, y regresé. Entonces realmente creo que esa fue una de las peleas en las cuales aprendí mucho y tuve una experiencia que, que gracias a Dios no me ha vuelto a pasar, pero bueno, aprendimos aprendimos de esa, de esa pelea y, y eso es lo que lo que recuerdo mucho de esa pelea, ganamos, también ese día fue muy cerrada la pelea, pero eh, ganamos y, y esta última que tuve también ganamos She says that uh, her first fight what she remembers that it was a tough fight that Jackie Caldwell was a very technical fighter and in the, probably about in the third round of that first fight she she got hit and she basically didn't go down but that she was hurt and that she remembers that she probably lost like three seconds and she doesn't know what happened and it hasn't happened it hasn't happened since so she does remember that but she ended up winning that first fight and then she also mentions that she won the second fight as well which just happened about a week ago and what uh, because she's the younger sister of mariana and the fact that mariana is a, a, a huge star in, in mexico when did she feel that finally mexico realizes there's a second sister and she's very good too. When did she realize that she had her own star? Cuando, por el hecho de que eres hermana, la hermana menor de Mariana Juárez, y obviamente la Barbie es una gran estrella en México, pero cuando te dices cuenta tú que la gente te había ya respondido a ti y se, se, andaba, se, se dieron cuenta de que hay una hermana de Mariana Juárez que también es muy buena boxeadora. Pues creo que ya ya son podría decirlo que dos años dos años cachito podría decirles eh, cuando me pusieron eh, a una rival que ya tenía mucha experiencia no decían que me iba a noquear era lo único que yo escuchaba cuando dijeron que iba a pelear contra ella eh, y a mi entrenador también le decían oye la van a noquear la eso el otro porque según eh, la hermana de Mariana no realmente era nada más la hermana de Mariana, ¿no? Era nada más por por ser la hermana de Mariana que, que siempre ganaba sus peleas. Pero eh, peleé fue contra Guadalupe Bautista, eh, una chica que te digo ya, ya ya tenía experiencia, ya había peleado con campeonas mundiales. Y pues bueno, creo que cuando eh, esa pelea realmente fue... La muchacha ni siquiera... O sea, sí me tocó, me, o sea, sí hubo golpes, claro, recibí golpes pero realmente lo hice ver como tan fácil ese día en esa pelea que, que de ahí en adelante creo que fue cuando empezaron a, a ver que, que sí traía lo mío, que no nada más era porque soy la hermana de Mariana. She mentioned, David, that it's about a little bit over two years ago when she ended up, she fought a fighter by the name of Guadalupe Bautista that when that fight was announced, that a lot of people mentioned that, you know, that she was going to lose, that she was getting knocked out, that she didn't deserve to be in the ring, that she was just Mariana's sister, but she ended up winning that fight and winning quite convincingly that she felt she dominated that fight. And now she didn't mention this, but I can mention it, that Guadalupe Bautista is a world champion. She just captured exactly. the IBF super flyweight title. Yeah, how does that make her feel, knowing that Bautista is a world champion now and you beat her to give you the uh, more incentive to get that world title? ¿Cómo te hace sentir, Lulu, que desde esa pelea Guadalupe Bautista se ha convertido en campeona del mundo y tú le pudiste ganar fácilmente hace dos años? No te entendí, perdón, perdón, no te entendí la pregunta. ¿Qué, ¿Cómo te hace sentir, sentir a ti 
de que desde ese entonces, de esa pelea donde le ganaste a Guadalupe Bautista, Bautista ya se hizo campeona del mundo, es campeona de la FIS, creo, super club, super mosca. Entonces, ¿qué te hace sentir a ti del hecho de que ella es campeona del mundo y tú le pudiste ganarle fácilmente hace un par de años? Ah, pues realmente, bueno, yo feliz, ¿no? El poderme yo demostrar también el que cuánto puedo dar yo este en el ring. Hay veces que me dicen, es que ya te la debes de creer porque a veces no me la creo, ¿no? Y, y sabemos que podemos trabajar muchísimo mejor en el gimnasio y en el ring al momento de, de las peleas. Entonces realmente yo me sentí muy bien y me, me siento muy bien el, el que ya reconozcan mi trabajo, el que reconozcan el que... Siempre, bueno, yo siempre le he dicho, yo soy la que entreno, yo soy la que me subo al ring, no es mi hermana, no porque sea hermana de Mariana Juárez, ya este ella va a ser todo, ¿no? Realmente o sea, no, no tiene nada que ver, pero bueno, ya la gente ya me ya me reconoce y pues estoy agradecida, ya agradecida y me siento muy bien que ya me reconozcan por la pequeña Lulu y no por la hermana de Mariana. She says that it makes her happy and it gives her confidence because, you know, it proves that she knows what she's doing, that she's just not the sister of Mariana Juarez, that at the end of the day, the one that's working, that's doing the, the training and stepping into the ring is her, Lourdes, and not Mariana Juarez, and that she feels that it's getting to the point she's happy, that now she's being recognized as La Pequeña Lulu and not just as the sister of Mariana Juarez. <laughs> When did she feel that she made the turn? And, and what did she attribute her, her uh, advancing to another level? Because I noticed that after she fought in Veracruz against Bautista, she seemed to be dominating more. And what did she attribute that, that new level of, of uh, excellence? Lourdes, eh, la pregunta es, eh, David dice que desde que te vio volverla contra, contra Guadalupe, como que has dominado más tus, tus peleas contra rivales más fuertes, entonces, ¿qué crees que se debe este cambio? Que, que ya no como que ya no batallas tanto en las peleas como lo decías al principio de tu carrera. Pues, como te vuelvo a repetir, creo que cada pelea, de hecho, seguimos aprendiendo, ¿no? En cada pelea se aprenden cosas nuevas y en el gimnasio igual seguimos trabajando los errores que uno a veces, bueno, ya se da cuenta al momento de, de terminar la pelea, aunque uno haya salido eh, con la mano en alto, eh, sigue teniendo uno de uno errores, los entrenadores, eh, mi hermana, realmente mi hermana es una, una persona a la cual, este a, o sea, yo siempre les he dicho a mis entrenadores, claro que eh, aprendo de ellos, pero creo que de la que más he aprendido es de mi hermana, y mi hermana me es de la que más me ha enseñado y a la que más le he aprendido. ¿Por qué? Bueno, porque ella es de la que se sube al ring, ¿no? Y qué más que, que hacerle caso a ella y, y creo que me ha funcionado. Me ha funcionado y a lo que siempre me dice al momento de subir al ring es que lo disfrute, que disfrute lo que hago, que no me presione y que y que, y que haga lo que, lo que yo sé hacer. Entonces creo que ese es un punto, ¿no? El que, bueno, he cambiado de entrenadores y de cada entrenador he tratado de, de agarrar lo mejor entonces creo que ese es, es, es el cambio que, que he tenido en, en, en este tiempo, ¿no? En estos años que, que he ido aprendiendo. She says that she, she, it's just the experience, David, that she keeps learning from each fight, even though she ends up winning the fight, that she goes back into the gym and learns from those errors that obviously she makes inside the ring, but also uh, her sister and the advice that her sister has given, even though she does learn from, from the trainers that she's had, the one that has the most influence as far as 
what she does inside the ring is her sister. And the one thing that her sister always tells her before she steps into the ring is for her to have fun and to do what she knows how to do. And, and she has followed that to a T, and she believes that that's what helped her. And when she fought Karina Fernandez and Juarez in her own, that's Karina's hometown, and then she fought Diana Fernandez and Juarez, um, did she get uh, any extra thrill beating uh, the sisters, the Fernandez sisters in her own hometown? Lulu, cuando peleaste con Karina Fernández en la ciudad de Juárez, en la ciudad de Juárez, y luego y luego también peleaste contra Diana Fernández, la hermana, ¿te, te, te dio como más satisfacción ganarle a, a ambas hermanas en su propia casa? Claro que sí, eh, eh, fuimos ahora sí que fuimos a pelear a, a, su, a su casa y salimos con la mano en alto. Eh, me sentí muy, muy bien cuando peleé contra Karina. Decía, no, eh, su hermana, ¿no? Creo que su hermana, esta Diana, es un poquito más, este... Ah, como que le gusta el, el poner las cosas medio eh, extremas, ¿no? Picosas, no sé cómo, cómo decirlo. Eh, uh -huh. Y el poderle haber ganado también a ella, eh, creo que creo que callamos bocas, porque si escuchara de repente las cosas que, que, que dicen de uno, pero bueno, eh, que puede decir uno y hablar muchas cosas abajo del ring, pero es como lo vuelvo a repetir todo todo lo hace uno en, en el ring y ahí es a donde a donde se gana, ¿no? Creo que, que yo me sentí súper bien de que bajamos este eh, con la mano en alto de, de esas dos peleas. She says that it was very satisfactory. She's very happy because when she fought Karina Fernandez, the first the sister, the other sister, the, she, she's more like a trash talker and she was saying a lot of things and, and for her to be able to go back and beat her as well in her hometown, Well, was very satisfactory, and it only proved that, you know, Pequeña Lulu, that Lourdes knows how to fight. She knows what she's doing, and, and she's here to, to make a name for herself. And what uh, was it like? Um, what, I know that both of us were down there, and um, was there was was it different fighting in somebody's hometown like Juarez? Because Juarez is very different than Mexico City. It's, it's not as large. It's large, but not as large. What was it like fighting in that kind of territory? Pregunta David, ¿qué, qué, qué fue, ¿cómo fue pelear en, en Ciudad Juárez a comparación de la Ciudad de México y estar peleando en la casa de tu rival? Pues creo que a veces sí te intimida el, el ir a tu casa, ¿no? Eh, porque tienen, se parece que toda la porra. Había gente que sí me apoyaba a mí, pero realmente vas a su casa, entonces la, toda la gente está, la mayoría de gente está con, con ellas. Sí existen los nervios, ¿no? Al momento de subir a, al ring, pero te vuelvo a repetir, creo que la, la, la porra sale sobrando y cuando uno sube al ring, creo que bueno, al menos yo me se me griten lo que griten, yo hago hago mi pelea y ya realmente la, la porra sale sobrando. She says it was a bit intimidating, you know, fighting in their hometown, obviously the home crowd is with them, even though she felt that there was some people there supporting her, but at the end of the day, the crowd is the crowd, and you just got to go and do what you got to do. She did feel a little, a little bit nervous and intimidated at first, but at the end, she, she, she did what she needed to do. And, but this is my last question, then I'll pass it on to you. Oh, what okay. weight does she feel most comfortable at? Because uh, she hasn't fought at 108 in a long time. Does she prefer uh, fighting heavier, or is light flyweight 108 
is that the better weight. ¿En qué peso te sientes más a gusto, Lulu? ¿En 108 o 112? Uh, no, no me vas a decir que qué burra, pero no me sé los pesos en libras. Pero ah, en, si en, no me equivoco, mosca estás diciendo... en mosca. En mini mosca ah, o en mosca. mosca. Es mosca. Bueno, de hecho, mi peso, y realmente el mini mosca, el peso lo doy sin problemas, pero igual creo que, que me siento fuerte y me siento bien en mosca. En mosca es donde me siento me siento muy bien yo. ¿Qué, por, qué, ¿Por qué la diferencia, dando que puedes dar 108, digo, mini mosca más fácil o fácilmente? Eh, de hecho, eh, es a lo que voy, eh, como que el... Eh, ya ves que en los pesos aquí, lo que le digo en el box, hay veces que, o sea, un kilo es un kilo, kilo y medio es un kilo y medio, entonces creo que eh, me siento como mmm, un poquito más fuerte porque podemos eh, trabajar en el gimnasio, bueno, al momento de estar haciendo la fuerza o para estar haciendo lo del músculo y todas esas cosas, y bueno, también no voy a mentir, ¿verdad? La dieta creo que es un poquito más, este no tan tan ligera, entonces creo que es un punto en donde yo digo, bueno, el mosca eh, está súper bien y sin problema. She says that even though she can make uh, 108 quite easily, she feels better at 112 because uh, at 112 she could work a little bit of, of strength, you know, like muscle mass at, in the gym. And also she's, she's not going to lie that, that, you know, the diet, the diet is a little bit tougher to make 108 at 112, so she feels better at 112. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I'm... Lulu, thank you very much. I'm going to pass uh, to you then, Felipe. Lulu, yo tengo más dos, dos preguntas. Yo sé que, que eh, estás un poco ocupada y es tarde ya en la Ciudad de México. Eh, ¿Ya has peleado con, con rivales de nombre como Noemi Bosques, Yesenia Gómez, que la niña Gómez que acaba de, de retar por un título mundial, Guadalupe Bautista, que como ya lo mencionamos es campeona del mundo, Jackie Calvo, que también tiene un buen récord. Diana Fernández, también la derrotaste. Entonces, ahorita estás clasificada como la número 3 en, en peso mosca del Consejo Mundial del Boxeo. Entonces, ¿para cuándo crees que se te va a dar la oportunidad de, de por un título mundial? Pues yo ya realmente el año pasado lo pensé que me iban a dar la oportunidad. Creo que los tiempos de Dios son perfectos. Y creo que en este año es cuando cuando me van a dar la oportunidad, yo estoy segura que ya de este año no pasa, y bueno, eso espero que ya no pase de este año, creo que hemos trabajado muy bien, hemos eh, y seguimos trabajando muy bien en el gimnasio, y creo que ya estoy lista para para disputar para eh, un campeonato del mundo, creo que ya, eh, Lulu ya está lista. My question was, you know, she's fought quite a bunch of names, Noemi Bosque, she's beating all of them, Guadalupe Bautista, a current world champion, um, she beat Anaí Torres, she beat Diana Fernandez, Jackie Calvo a second time. So my question was, she's ranked number three by the WBC at Flyway, so when is she going to get her chance for a world title? She said that she's been asking for the for the world title opportunity since last year, and she has not gotten it, but she feels that this is going to be the year that she's going to get it. She's just waiting for them to give her the call, but that is uh, when she expects to do it. So my next question is going to be if she expects it to be against uh, Yvette Zamora. Entonces, ¿esperarías que tu oportunidad contra, para un título mundial sería contra Yvette eh, Zamora? Eh, de hecho, sí, bueno, esta pelea que tuvimos contra Jackie Calvo fue una eliminatoria para ya este, sí, este, retar a la, a la campeona mundial. Y bueno, ese día también estuvo la pelea de La Roca Zamora contra, eh, ay Dios, eh, Melissa McMorrow. 
-huh. Entonces, bueno, quedó quedó campeona eh, La Roquita. Entonces creo que iríamos contra La Roca y, y si no, me bueno, me habían me había escuchado, ¿no? Diría un pajarito por ahí, escuché, que si no es, si no vamos contra La Roca, me eh, iríamos contra La Joya, que también es campeona mundial, pero es mini mosca, la Esmeralda Moreno, La Joya. Uh -huh. Entonces ella es mini mosca, iríamos yo creo que que contra ella, espero eh, cualquiera de las dos ya me den la oportunidad de, de pelear con cualquiera de las dos este, este año, primero Dios. She mentions that the fight that she had against Jackie Calvo was a WBC eliminator, so she won that, so it would be against the WBC champion who is Ibeza Zamora, but she also heard through the grapevine that if it's not against Ibeza Zamora, that they might give her the opportunity to challenge the junior flyweight champion, Esmeralda Moreno, so Um, that might be a, a chance for her as well. So uh, my last question for her is going to be, if she ends up fighting Zamora, what does she see that she can take advantage of as far as to beat her? Uh, la última pregunta, eh, pequeña es de que si te llegaras a enfrentar a Ives Zamora con lo que viste eh, la misma noche cuando peleaste contra Jackie Calvo, ¿qué, fue, qué sería lo que tuvieras que utilizar de tu repertorio para poder derrotar a, a Ibeza Mora y convertirte en campeona del mundo? Bueno, creo que la Rosa Zamora es, sabemos que es una persona a la que le puedes echar 12 rounds y va a seguir tirando golpes. Es una muchacha que realmente la admiro. La admiro porque tiene una condición que, wow, y no dejas de tirar golpes. Eh, pero creo que ahí es donde entraría la inteligencia y lo que hemos este aprendido, ¿no? Eh, no sería no sería el yo seguirla, realmente sería mi boxeo, sería el que siempre ha sido el pegar y moverme, el pegar y moverme, y pues bueno, eh, realmente ya en las peleas eh, a veces uno va con una idea y de arriba del ring cambian las cosas, entonces, pero creo que sería mi boxeo, con eh, Ivette Zamora creo que sería eh, el mismo boxeo que, que hemos seguido haciendo, el pegar y moverme, no el no caer en su juego o el no quererme parar a, a, a tirar golpes como ella está acostumbrada, ¿no? Al, al choque. Entonces, bueno, y prepararme bien, ¿no? El, el traer una condición. Creo que en todas mis peleas eh, no, he, no, he, no acabo realmente cansada. Creo que no he acabado en una pelea que yo diga ya no puedo, o sea, ya me estoy cayendo. Nunca he acabado, creo que nos preparamos bien. Entonces creo que sería hacer... Eh, si me preparo siempre al 100, ahora sí que prepararme al 101% para, para poder salir con la mano en alto y ir con la idea de que, de que voy a salir con la mano en alto. She says that she admires uh, Ibeza Mora because she's a, a fighter that has great conditioning that if she were to fight 12 or more rounds, she, she would keep throwing punches. But she thinks that she could defeat her by using her style, just by being a boxer, by hitting and then moving and just using her boxing and to prepare herself. You know, she says that Her condition is good. She feels her condition has been good throughout her career, that she's never really been tired after a fight. But she thinks that for this fight, she would have to get a little bit, she would have to get ready a little bit harder and better because she knows what Yvette Zamora brings to the, to the ring as far as the conditioning. So I'm going to say goodbye to, uh, to her now, David, uh, so we can thank her for the, for the interview. Pequeña Lulu, gracias, muchas gracias por estar con nosotros aquí en el programa y ojalá que sea la primera vez de muchas que te tenemos aquí en el programa de, de boxeo femenil. No, muchísimas gracias a ustedes, de verdad, eh, gracias por tomarme en cuenta y, y yo encantada eh, la próxima vez aquí andamos y cuando me gusten entrevistar aquí andaremos, este, primero Dios y muchísimas gracias nuevamente. 
Okay, muchas gracias. Thank you. She says thank you to everybody for having her on the show, and, and we bid you uh, a good night. Buenas noches, pequeña Lulu. Buenas noches. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And there you had it, the younger sister, 31-year-old, 24-2, and two, with three knockouts, Lourdes La Pequeña, Lulu Juarez, ranked number three by the WBC, coming off a, a big win in an eliminator against Jackie Calvo, and says that she is waiting and hoping for her opportunity for La Ibet La Roca Zamora. And I think, David, I agree with her, is that, you know, when you're the younger sister of, of a fighter, like Mariana Barbie Juarez, and I think we've seen it in the male side too, but we see it in the female side, is that you're never going to leave that shadow of mm-hmm. your your sibling, especially if they've been so successful as Mariana Juarez has been. But, um, but you know, I think Pequeña Lulu, to a certain extent, she's, she's, Get, she's getting out of that shower, uh, shower that, that that shadow, and becoming becoming a fighter in her own right. I mean, I'll be honest with you, David. When first she started fighting, and you know she was coming up in those in those fights that came before that Guadalupe Bautista fight, I was the same. I was like, ah, she's just a sister of of Mariana Juarez. I don't see anything uh, special in her and everything. But I agree with you. Ever since that one fight, she has gotten better and better with each fight. And I quite honestly thought she was going to have a much harder against Noemi Bosquez, who is a tried and true veteran. And she ended up knocking her out, which is something that not a lot of fighters have done to Noemi Bosquez. So I think that Pequeña Lulu is ready for a fight. I, I would say that against Zamora, it might be 50-50, but I wouldn't be shocked if Juarez ends up beating her and becoming a world champion. Yeah, she seems to have proven it, but especially by going to the Fernandez sisters' uh, hometown of Juarez. I mean, she beat her mm-hmm. there. I mean, like we were talking before, you find in somebody's hometown and you beat them, you really beat them. Yeah, you know, you, you do. And then even though, even though, I mean, you got to give it to, you got to, I mean, I totally agree with you, but we are talking about, you know, Lourdes Juarez, the, the, the younger sister of Mariana Juarez, and um, she was the eighth. She was the prom- at the time of that fight. She was the promoter. It was her promoter that put on that fight. But they ended up doing it mm-hmm. in Ciudad Juarez. But I agree with you. She, if you watch the fight, you see her win anyways. Even though it was a split decision, I saw her win the fight. So now Diana Fernandez is actually signed to Promociones del Pueblo. So they're under the same um, banner. Um, I wish we could have had a little bit more time with her. Maybe the next time we'll talk a little bit more in depth with her because I would want to find out if she wanted a rematch uh, with her because it was a split mm-hmm. decision and because Diana Fernandez uh, did uh, talk a lot of trash before her sister's fight with Pequeña Lulu and also during their fight or right before their fight with Pequeña Lulu. So hopefully we can have Pequeña Lulu soon, maybe when they announce her next fight. And hopefully it is for a world title fight. Or if not, she ends up going down to the 108-pound title or 108 division and ends up challenging, uh, challenging Esmeralda Moreno for that title, for the WBC junior flyweight title. Yeah, the one thing about Mexico is that there's so much talent over there. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of fighters. I understand why they always stay there because there's so much talent. You just go round and around and around. Mm-hmm. And if you have a tough fight or a close fight, you have a rematch, and then you do, you have another fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to a little bit of female fight chatter, David, I, I, I noticed that you, I don't know if you have more info than I do or if you know something that I don't, but I noticed that 
um, our good friend Amanda Serrano posted on her social media that she might be coming back to boxing for a sixth world title in August. Do you know anything about that? Yes, they're just trying to. They they do have somebody in mind. They don't want to say anything because twice before they've they've mentioned who the opponent was going to be and and it was and it didn't come to fruition. So they're a little hesitant to say it, almost like they don't want to jinx it. But mm-hmm. she is expecting to fight for uh, the 140 title, super lightweight title, and. Um, they're hoping they can come to an agreement. But would it be against coach. a champion, or against would it be against a current champion, or a or a uh, vacant title? She told me that the WBO sanctioned her like a super champion, and that she mm-hmm. gets the right to fight anybody without being ranked, because she's well, already done it in five divisions. That she has, you know, because of that, she can fight at any division she cares to. She doesn't have to be ranked. Well, the, the thing is that the WBO title right now is uh, uh, it's vacant. So if she was going to fight for the WBO title, it's going to have to be against either another world champion or uh, or a ranked fighter in the WBO. But we don't know who's ranked in the WBO because they don't have rankings. So we would have to see who uh, we would have to see who it is because as of right now, the the WBO 140 title is vacant. Ironically, I was in a meeting today in L.A., and they had all of the the bosses of the WBO, the WBC, the WBA, the IBF, the IBO. They were all in Los Angeles to discuss uh, rule changes for um, boxing, both Mm -hmm. men and women. And Mm -hmm. uh, it would have been a great opportunity to ask them (laughs) these questions. Did they they touch on the three-minute round? Uh, no, what they what they touched on is weight loss. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a, a it's a big concern, especially in light of the fact that uh, Oscar uh, Oscar Valdez had that fight where the fighter he fought was overweight, and then he came in super overweight, uh, and basically Valdez was fighting a welterweight, and he's a featherweight. Uh, so they that's a big concern in boxing. Not in fact, not just boxing, but MMA too. Okay. Um, so moving on a little bit on a, on on the fight female fight chatter, uh, David. I don't know if you if you uh, heard about this, but and I just heard about it like I think yesterday. But Michaela Lauren, who actually uh, ended up getting married, I think a week ago, forty two year old, thirty wins, five losses, thirteen knockouts, actually announced her retirement, and she will re- be retiring. After a fight this Saturday, she's scheduled to fight this Saturday, even though she just got married last week or a couple weeks ago. And then I saw her. I follow her on social media, and I saw her that she was mm-hmm. in New York or something. You know, she had and she did post some pictures of her training and stuff in New York. But I almost, I almost can guarantee that she probably hasn't been training as hard as she should or could. But she is fighting the 14 and 11 Eva Bajic in Sweden in a six-rounder, so she might be taking her a little bit lightly, and like I did mention, it's going to be her last fight of her career. She's retiring, and like I mentioned, she's 30 wins, five losses, 13 knockouts, and David, she's had a, a quite a run as a, as a female boxer. 
She started her career in 2009. She fought Cecilia Breakout when she had less than 10 fights, got stopped in the second in the seventh round, um, but then went ahead and and uh, she won the UBO Super Welterweight title, um, actually against Eva Bajic, who she's facing this Saturday. Uh, she also won. Uh, she she never she never was a world title sh- a, a champion. She she never won one of the four major titles, but she did challenge for them uh, a couple of times. She like I mentioned, she challenged Cecilia Breakhouse for the welterweight title in 2010. She challenged Christina Hammer for the middleweight title in 2013. The WBO she ended up losing a unanimous decision there. Um, she won the WIBA. Uh, super welterweight title with the United decision over Esther Matisha, but it's not considered a. Actually, uh, uh, actually, she was a W. She was a world title champion, David. My bad. She captured the vacant WBC super welterweight title back in 2014 over Alexandra uh, Lopez in a in a ten rounder. She won a majority decision there, so she was a a, a world title uh, holder. Um, she defended it against Victoria Cisneros back in 2015, and then again against Je- Jennifer Redsky, also in the same year, and then against Ivana Havazin in 2016, and then she ended up losing that title, David, against Clara Svensson in 2016. So my apologies to Michaela Lawrence. She was a major world title champion, 154-pound title for the WBC. Since that loss to Clara Svensson, she beat Silvia Sabatos. Uh, in late 2016, Kita Watkins in 2017, she went up again and faced Cecilia Breakhouse, ended up getting stopped in the sixth round, and then came back with the majority decision win over Verena Kayser, and now she's beginning her last fight this Saturday night, David, in Sweden. Any thoughts or reminiscences about Michaela Lawrence? Well, she's a big personality. Uh, boxing was going to miss her, especially in Europe. She yeah. is a you know major draw over there, so and any special you weigh-ins. Major draw like that. And What's those that? her ant- her antics at the weigh-ins, remember? Uh, oh yeah. Cakes, kisses, water <laughs> dumping, everything. <laughs> He's a kissing bandit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, we're gonna miss Michaela Lauren. She's gonna be uh, retiring and moving on with her career. She's Forty-two years old with her life. She just got married. So uh, we. Wish her a happy nuptials and a happy retirement. And that would be the end for Michaela Lauren. As far as right now, I mean, just like anything, she can come back. But as of right now, she is stating that that is her last fight. So we're going to move on now to our upcoming calendar. We are going to be having our next show on June 21st, which is a Thursday. Every other Thursday here on the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world, number 46. Hopefully we can have... Uh, a special exclusive interview just like we had today with Lourdes La Pequeña Lulu Juarez, the younger sister of Mariana Barbie Juarez, and a title contender uh, in her own right. And hopefully she gets that opportunity quite soon. She just won a WBC eliminator against Jackie Calvo uh, not too long ago, uh, about a week ago, two weeks ago. So now we're going to move on to the upcoming calendar starting on Saturday. This Saturday, June 9th, David, is going to be quite busy, not only on the male side, but on the female side. In Belgium, Delphine Persoon will be facing Natalia Vanessa del Valle in a 10-rounder. Persoon will be defending her 135-pound title. And hopefully we get to see Persoon soon, uh, uh, no pun intended, um, 
in a major fight because, I mean, she's considered one of the top five, not top ten, if not top five, David, best female fighters mm-hmm. in the world. And on this side of the pond, she's really not known. And I think the fight that needs to be made for her to, you know, get some traction is against Katie Taylor. Yeah, that would definitely do it. But our reporter in Germany, which is, you know, very close by Belgium, where Pursun lives, he tells me that she's very, very camera shy, and that her entire camp is very camera shy, that they don't deal with the media, they don't care to deal with the media, and, I mean, that's a good way to go unrecognized. So, I mean, yeah. it's got to it's about, basically. And the other, the other way, the other way of, of going unrecognized is never fighting outside your country, ever. She's never fought outside of Belgium. Mm-hmm. So she's 33 years old. Her last fight was back in uh, January where she beat Mon- Monica Gentili uh, via unanimous decision. It was a non-title fight, but this time she will be defending her WBC 135-pound title. But, I mean, she's in Belgium. She never came out of Belgium. So, I mean, I mean, I would I would imagine. Actually, one time she fought in, in, in uh, Switzerland back in 2015. Um, so that's the only time. But I would imagine they would have to offer her quite a chunk of change to entice her to get out of there and fight in either in England or in Ireland, because I can almost guarantee you that Katie Taylor is not going to go anywhere near Belgium. There's no reason for for it. She sells, she's, she's a big seller out in the UK. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, she would have to fight. Person would definitely have to fight out of the country. Now, the undefeated Mary Eve D. Carey will be fighting in the 10-rounder in a 154-pound title in Quebec, Canada, also this Saturday. And in China, the WBO, the vacant WBO 105-pound title will be contested against Chinese Zhang Yu Kai against Venezuelan Ana Victoria Polo also this Saturday. And this Saturday as well in, in the Victoria Municipal here in Tijuana, Mexico, Sandra La Perla Negra Robles will be facing Brenda La Muñequita Ramos in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBA 108-pound title, versus, uh, while Melissa Esquivel, the super bantamweight, will be facing Jacqueline Coutinho in a 6-rounder. David, quite interesting this fight against Sandra Robles and Brenda Ramos. For me, what I know and what I've seen, this is another fight that is just being orchestrated for Sandra Robles, who is with Sanford and who is with the who is the promoter of this fight card to win a world title because the WBA has gone on record that they want to reduce the number of champions that they have in their organization. The WBA is the, they have, they can have as many as three world champions in each division, David, they could have an interim world champion and they have them in some of the, on on some of the male uh, divisions. Uh, they have the interim champion, they have the the featherweight champion, and they have the super champion. And the way that you get a super title, according to their rules, is that you defend your regular title five times, and then you get promoted, quote-unquote, to a super champion. So, for instance, and as an example, this Saturday night from the Staples Center, Abner Maris is going to be facing Leo Santa Cruz. Leo Santa Cruz is the WBA super champion, and Abner Maris is the regular WBA featherweight champion. So the winner of that would – what are they – I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Do you become the super champion if, if you win that fight? 
I don't I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so so they reduced it, but I think there's an interim WBA featherweight champion as well right now. So he mm-hmm. at one point or another is gonna have to get a chance. Well, we have the same same thing in this 108 pound division for the WBA. The regular champion was Jessica uh, Je- Tuti Bob, and the interim champion was Jessica Neri Platas, who just defeated not too long ago, about a month ago, Silvia Torres, the younger sister of Ana Maria Torres. Well, now Jessica Tuti Bob gets promoted to super champion, and the regular WBA title is vacant. And Sandra Robles and Brenda Ramos are going to be fighting for that vacant title. Now, the part that I understand is why don't they promote, if they're promoting Tuti Bob to super champion, why don't they promote the interim champion to regular champion and then have Robles and Ramos face each other for the interim title? Yeah, it's kind of confusing. Yeah, it's, it's completely whacked out. And I actually spoke through social media to Jessica Tuti Bob, and she didn't know anything about it. I, I broke the news to her that she now was the super champion. The only thing that she did mention to me is that she spoke to her representative who happened to be at the IBF convention in Italy last week, and Gilberto Mendoza was there as well, the president of the WPA. He was there as a special speaker for the IBF convention, and Jessica Bob's representative told her, oh, we have some good news for her. So now she expects that good news for her for her is that, hey, you just got promoted to a super champion, which she didn't give <laughs> she didn't give two cents about about being the super champion, you know. She's so, you know, it is po- boxing politics and that's what's happening uh this Saturday night in Tijuana and it's gonna be uh broadcast live on the Azteca channel from the Gimnasio Nuevo Leon in Monterrey, Mexico. Dulce Garcia is going to be facing Moni Trejo in a 108-pound title in a six-rounder. And this is an interesting uh, – the only thing interesting about this fight, well, one of it is going to be televised on Televisa, which is the biggest Mexican network on TV. But Dulce Garcia is interesting because of two reasons. One, she's a former wrestler, David, who be, who learned how to box and is now boxing. She's 3-0. and And the second, she's the wife of multi-time world champion Johnny Gonzalez. So – I'm sure that she met Johnny, and then she started boxing. And even though she hasn't boxed that long, David, I mean, she's not like, you know, she's not Cecilia Breakhouse or anything like that as far as her technical skill, but she's not a, she's not that bad either. So I think that she's just an all-around athlete, being that she's a former wrestler, and she was able to, you know, uh, learn some, a thing or two inside the boxing ring. So that's going to be something interesting just to see how she does uh, this Saturday night um, from Monterrey, Mexico, on the Televisa Network. And like we mentioned, from Sweden, Michaela Lauren, her last fight of her career against Eva Bajic in a six-rounder at 154 pounds. And from the Staples Center, on that undercard of the Leo Santa Cruz against Abner Mattis fight, Lina Licona, a, a local L.A. fighter here, will be making her home her debut against Brittany Harden in a four-rounder at 108 pounds. The only reason that I mention it, David, is because it is scheduled on BoxRec as a three-minute mm-hmm. four-rounder. So yeah, let's, see if that, let's see if that actually gets, uh, if that actually was the typo on box rec, or if it actually comes off as a three minute four rounder, because they've have California has at one time um, said yes to the three minute round. I think pa- Paola, uh, the, the young woman from uh, Lancaster, uh, Estrada, Paola Estrada, 
tall, lanky, yeah. 108 pound tighter. She's not really fighting all that much. I think she fought a three minute round. So oh okay, uh, out there in Lancaster. So uh, so we'll see if that actually comes out. Uh, with Lena Lincona and Brittany Horton at the Staples Center this Saturday night. On Friday, June 15th, David, from the York Hall in London, England, Haymaker Promotions has Savannah Marshall scheduled against Tiffany Beth Anderson, the always tough TBA in a six-rounder, 168 pounds. We tend not to mention TBA fights because they can more likely not happen. But the reason I want to mention it, David, is because we did talk about Savannah Marshall in our last show where – if we know the story of Savannah Marshall, she's the only woman to have ever beaten in the amateurs or pros, Clarissa Shields. She beat her at a at a world tournament in China. And uh, Clarissa, I don't I don't think she ever got the chance to um, avenge that loss. And then Savannah Marshall, with a lot of fanfare, ended up signing to Mayweather Promotions last year. She made her pro debut on the undercard of Mayweather against Conor McGregor last August, and she had not fought since until, I think, about a, about a month ago. She ended up fighting again back in her hometown. I did see an interview where she mentioned that she had split amicably with Mayweather Promotions, and the reason I mentioned this fight, even though it's a TBA, is that now it seems that she's going to be uh, fighting more often because here we are a month later, and she's already scheduled for a fight card in London. Yeah, let's see what she can do. Let's see if she ends up getting an opponent. But I'm sure in Europe they can find her opponent, 168 pounds. She's 2-0 and right now. Also, on Friday, June 15th, our old very own David Avila is going to be in the house from the Pacific Palm Resort in the city of industry. All-Star Boxing gives us that woman from East L.A. who is trailblazing through Southern California, David. She's becoming more popular with every fight and it's impressive knockouts. Her last fight, she beat an undefeated fighter who was 5-0. and Her previous fight uh, with a knockout and her previous fight be, uh, beyond that, she knocked out another undefeated fighter. Adelaida La Cobra Ruiz will be taking on Carla Valenzuela in a six-rounder at Super Flyweight. David, she's just getting better and better with every fight. Yeah, she definitely is. I mean, she was good as an amateur, but with each fight, she seems to shake off that rust and just get faster and stronger and... Uh, more deadly. And, and fairly quickly, if you have, if you don't know her story, it's quite interesting. She started fighting as a young girl, you know, 12, 13 years old. She fought until she was about 17 or 18 years old, and then she ended up leaving boxing because, like Pequeña Lulu, a couple of minutes ago, she ended up, she became a mother to three beautiful children. And now that they're the children are not fully grown, but they're grown enough that they can probably tie their own shoes and take care of themselves a little bit. She decided to come back to boxing. She didn't want to be, you know, she never wanted to think or say, well, what if, what if, what, what if I would have stayed? And she came back to boxing about a year, year and a half ago, and she's undefeated. She's trailblazing through Southern California, selling a lot of tickets in the LA area. She's from East LA going on a bunch of shows and being interviewed and, you know, Good for her, and we're happy for her. If you have not had a chance to listen to our exclusive interview with Adelaida Reese, you could go back on our archives here on Block Talk Radio forward slash two minute round, and you can find an interview that we did with Adelaida Reese, uh, quite extensive one at that. So, um, 
Our next show is on June 21st. Her next fight is on June 15th. So maybe we could have her on on our next show and talk about her last fight, which is scheduled against Carla Valenzuela on June 15th. So if you are in the L.A. area, try to make that fight. And I also scheduled on that fight, on that fight card, David, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen because she has another fight scheduled, is the lady Triple G, Aida Sati Baldinova, who is scheduled to fight Pepper Dixon, a pro debuter in a four-rounder at 135 pounds. David, do you know if that fight's going to go on or she's going to go straight to that other fight that she has scheduled? No, she's going to go do both. She's done both wow. before, back-to-back weeks. She did it uh, last month. And um, well, the- her uh, manager, a uh, promoter, actually, uh, is uh, Rod. I don't know if you know Rod. He's, uh, um, he's very knowledgeable in the boxing game. And he's uh, guiding her right now. And he wants her to be busy. Um, yeah, but the thing is, is the, the only reason that I mention it is because um, – the only reason that I mention is because the, her next fight, which is scheduled, I think in June or, or later on in June, um, is for the NABF 140-pound uh, title against another fighter that we've had an exclusive interview here on our archives, Selena Barrios in Texas. So I'm not sure if they wanted to uh, put that fight in jeopardy in case of a cut or an injury. I don't think the fight's going to be for a title. That might well, be a been, misprint on her. Uh, well, it's, it's, it, been, it's being so promoted as a, it's being promoted. Oh, it's, which fight are you talking about? The the one against Selena Barrios? Yeah. Well, it's being pro- Because it's they both have pro- titles. Both, both of them yeah. have titles. So they're, I don't think they're going to be fighting for a title. Oh, we'll see because it's being promoted as a, as, a, as a title fight by the NABF, by, by the promoters out in, in, uh, in Texas. Mm. Yeah, that's because um, I mean they 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 know she has the title, but it all comes down to money, and yeah. the promoter may not. The sanctioning fee for the NA, the fee for the NABF is not that expensive. It's only like five hundred bucks compared to obviously thousands for a full fledged world title. So I mean, Selena Barrios sounds like she's a ticket seller out there in California, so they might spring for it. Plus, she has to defend because she did win the fight. She did win that title against Linda Porter uh, some months ago, and she might have to defend, or else she's going to be stripped. And the NABF is no is is not shy of stripping fighters quite quickly. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. So well, well, David's going to be in the house at the Pacific Palm Resort, so he's going to give us a lowdown if that fight against if that fight with uh, Aida Satibaldinova did go down, and then he'll give us a full report on Adelaida Ruiz. Although you can stream it on Facebook, I think all you need to do is follow All Star Boxing on Facebook, and you can stream the whole fight card on there on Saturday, June 16th, from the Baden Wittenberg in Germany. Leila MacArthur faces Ruth Chiselle in a 10 rounder at welterweight for the GBU WIBF titles. And Leila MacArthur, obviously moving on, not going to wait for Cecilia Breakhouse, even though that is the fight that she wants. But like we uh, spoke about on our last show, and we had some uh, inside information from Breakhouse when she fought here in uh, Southern California, that fight, I don't know if it's ever going to happen, David. Yes, sadly... You know, it's hard to say what what's going on, um, uh, who's who's accurate, who's not accurate about. It, it's all about money. It's satisfying both parties, and so far they've been unable to do that. That's what it comes down to. It's not 
whether or not Cecilia wants to fight her or whether Leila wants to fight her. They do want to fight. It's just all about money. But the th- and what's interesting, actually, that what came out to light yesterday is that mm-hmm. Leila MacArthur has been has been deemed and has been announced as the number one mandatory the challenger for Cecilia Breakhouse for that IBF title. And Grenada Golovkin got stripped yesterday for not defending against his mandatory Sergei Derevchenko. So why aren't there talks of of stripping Cecilia Breakhouse? That's a good question. Yeah. I'm sure that it's about money and the fact that Cecilia is a moneymaker, uh, and that's rare in women, with women. Mm-hmm. But with men, it's, it's, it's more common to have a moneymaker. Yeah. With, uh, I mean, is not a moneymaker like Golovkin, but I see your point that, no. you know, the, it's it's apples and oranges when when you when it comes to a Cecilia Breakhouse fight in Norway to Leila McCarthy having to find her own fights in Mexico City and in Germany. So I see your point there. Also in Germany, but in Munich on Saturday, June 16th, Tina Rupert will be facing Costa Rica's Yocasta Valle in a 10-rounder for the vacant WBC 105-pound tighter. So Valle will now be going down to the minimum weight and challenging for a vacant title there against hometown Nitina Ruprecht for the WBC vacant title, the vacant title that I think her name was uh, the Japanese fighter who has been the champion forever, Momo. Um, uh, yeah, Momo. Yeah, she, she ended up leaving that title and the and the Adam Way title vacant because she retired, and now Tina Rupert, who is the interim champion, will be going up to the vacant, uh, fighting for the vacant title against Yocasta, Yocasta del Valle, Yocasta Valle. So that is your fight schedule for the next couple weeks. We will be here on June 21st, giving you all the lowdown of everything that went down in those fights and any other uh, news that we may gather up. And also, more than likely, we'll have an exclusive interview with Somebody in the female boxing world today, our special guest was uh, Lourdes Pequeña Lulu Juarez. And if you want to read all about it and all the news that, about female boxing, you can do so at theprizefighters.com, which is the website that Mr. David Avila edits. Uh, prizefighters.com, all about female boxing. You have exclusive interviews, fight reports, news, everything under the sun about female boxing at theprizefighters.com. So with that said, David, I bid you good night, and I will talk to you on June 21st. Okay. Thank you very much, Felipe. Have a good night. You too.